0: Hey there, it's Elaine. You're listening to episode 18.5, and today I'm going to introduce you to the talented musicians that soundtracked episode 18 with Kalyani Mom.
1: Old Kimbo was a gray neck, and old
2: was a brown. Well, I'm Anna Roberts-Gervalt,
0: and I'm Elizabeth Lepreau. They keep it simple, and go by Anna and Elizabeth. They met in 2011. Anna was producing an album about young, old-time musicians. She heard rumors about a ballad singer nearby. It was Elizabeth. They hung out, and Anna showed Elizabeth her crankies from college. Most of you are probably wondering, what in the world is a cranky? It's an old art form that Anna and Elizabeth are reviving. Crankies are a panoramic scene, sort of like a mural, rolled up inside a box. The scene is hand-cranked across the viewing screen and accompanied with an oral story. Sometimes Anna and Elizabeth quilt the cranky scene, and sometimes it involves shadow puppets. The Crankies provide context and detail to accompany their old-time ballads on stage. Plus, it's portable. They can do cranky shows on the street or on stage. They even did one for NPR's Tiny Desk concert. There's a link on our website. Anna and Elizabeth have had a strong relationship since the first time they met, and they started working together, digging into archives, meeting with historians and families who could tell them about ballad singers from the past, recording great music, and making art. All of their efforts are focused on digging into history to better understand the world around us, letting those voices from old crackly field recordings guide their art, recreating the past, making it new for us today.
1: Elizabeth
0: was born in rural Retreat, Virginia, actually not far from where I was born. She has been winning awards for her ballad singing since she was 11. At only 16, she became the first recipient of the Henry Reed Award from the Library of Congress. She's recorded three solo albums, and she may be the most sought-after ballad singer of our generation. Elizabeth has always been inspired by voices from the past. She would listen to old film recordings and new recordings, like those of Sheila K. Adams and Jenny Hawker. So by her early teens, she knew that she wanted her voice to be in that style, but it wasn't forced for her.
1: just felt like it was a really comfortable place already for, my, for where my voice could sit. And like, oh, yes, this is really what I want to do. Is like this unaccompanied style that has a lot of, uh, especially the way Sheila Casings sings and Ginny has a lot of like punch and a lot of power and volume behind it.
0: And that voice, here it is. But death had fixed his shackles the pony's his train so
1: tight Before he got his business fixed The little black train inside There's a little black train a-coming Fix all your business right There's a little black train coming
0: who grew up in Vermont and Ohio. She's co-founded several bands, won awards for her fiddle playing, and is a published writer. She started playing the violin in third grade, and she played classical music in high school and into college. And then she was introduced to the fiddle. And then came the banjo. I saw some people playing the banjo, and they were so obsessed with it. So she bought her own banjo, but wanted to learn more about its southern roots. When she was 19, she got a summer internship in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Since then, she has studied under master banjo players Lee Sexton and Earl Thomas. And that was kind of the start of, you know, really fiddling, learning about fiddling
2: and playing the banjo. And then a couple of years later, I started playing guitar, really out of an interest in singing. And now I mostly play guitar. <laughs> because we mostly sing. Ha <laughs>
0: for Appalachian music, their love for history, but personality-wise, they're very different.
2: If I were to describe Elizabeth, I would say she's way more inward. I would be more likely to just babble to a stranger, and she would be more likely to listen. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so You have to be, like, a lifer, I feel like, to really get to know her. (laughs) I'm like, maybe when I'm 35, I'll, like, get to the next level of (laughs) LaPrelle.
1: To frame it the same way, I feel like maybe when I'm 35, I will have, like, accomplished uh, some of what Anna has, because she, no, she's very, she's certainly the more ambitious, I think, mm-hmm. of us to, you know, in like an outreaching way. And yeah. um, I've, I value that a lot. Wouldn't
0: mind working from sign to sign. Spend my money when the work is done. Anna loves being in the city. She lives in Baltimore. And Elizabeth loves being in the country. She lives in rural Virginia.
2: For me, it, it really helps ground our project, like Elizabeth's energy and also like the energy that comes with, with where she lives because when sometimes when you're making music in a city, you feel like there's a, you see the rat race around you. You see this like desire to get ahead or to have more people know about your band, or like there's just like this, uh, this energy towards quantity and go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, you little baby. When you There's a slowness in the way Elizabeth approaches things, like this depth that I think kind of grounds our work together.
1: Black and, a gray, a
0: little and most importantly, they share a value system, goals for the work, goals to honor the past. Like, I trust this
2: project to always want to have a mission. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that of some of my musical peers. For me, that's, like, the most important thing about any project is that it have have well, a goal. Should beyond should be about something more yeah, than... Beyond just, like, recognition notes. or notes or, like, that, that we want to... We are always trying to, to dig for, like... You know, deep meaning and purpose in in being a traveling band and storytelling project. Like, and and there's no one else that I feel like I share the same sensibility and like kind of set of whatever. Maybe we have similar like ethics about that as well. That and that's really special and rare. They had not been there not an
1: hour or two. Ark, said the lady, hear the nightingale sing.
0: The process is flexible and changing, but at the heart of it is research. They discover artists from the past, they listen and learn their songs, they talk with their families, they listen to interviews with them, and then they arrange their own songs and make art pieces about the stories in the songs. It's a really important process because we're
2: singing the rep- the songs of someone else's family. And so that's something that we take really seriously.
1: It's amazing what they want people to know about, you know, their their family members That as we're, like, sharing the music. You know, they're like, make sure, you know, people know that they were a really caring uh, grandma. Or, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. I-, I want people to know how... Um,
2: like how she would make food for us
0: right. after
1: school. Like tell them that if people can walk away from our show with that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the idea of someone like that in mind, and the idea that you know people can pass art to each other and that it would be this loving, nourishing thing. That's what <laughs> I think. That's what kind of what we're after.
0: The past year or so, they have been performing a lot. But they're about to enter that research phase. About two years ago, they met Barbara Kingsolver, an award-winning American novelist, essayist, and poet. And as they were talking to us, they were thinking about a piece of advice she gave them.
2: (laughs) But she was talking about, when she was in the beginning of her career, and she was like, people kept on, like... Asking me to like come be at their thing or speak at their thing or read from my book at their thing and She had a hard time saying no to that because you know It's nice to get that feedback loop and it's nice to and and you want to give yeah People are asking you to do but she was like but really like the thing That people really wanted me to do was write my next book Only they didn't know it what they wanted. So I kind of feel like that's where we're at where we we're like what we really like it's exciting and we love touring uh, but we really need to work on our next Cranky and our next series of songs and I feed off that external validation
1: yeah for, I mean, for better or worse like touring to tour. yeah people are like you're doing a great job and I like what you're doing it's like that's really nice that makes me encouraged to get up tomorrow and do, do it, it again, again. Well, when you're working in an archive, there's shockingly less of that. You have to
2: be—it's <laughs> it's just a different. Like you, ha- It requires a lot of self-trust to be like, yeah. Okay, our next album and our next show—it won't happen until next fall, but it's gonna be so good.
0: Good luck in hibernation, ladies. We're all looking forward to your next gyms. Thanks to Anna and Elizabeth for showing us how much we can learn from the past, and for making original art out of it. This episode was produced by myself, Elaine Sheldon, Sarah Ginsberg, and sound designed by Billy Wrasnick. Join us next week for episode 19, featuring photographer Stacey Kranitz. Thanks for listening to She Does. Music.